Welcome to the 100 Master Coaches series featuring master coaches from around the world. Let's journey together on this 100 Master Coaches series with your host, Coach Mel, MCC. Inga B. Linska is a master certified coach who works with leaders all over the world who undergo change, both organizational and individual, and desire to thrive managing remotely and culturally diverse teams. Motivational, passionate, dynamic, are the words that often describes her coaching style as she partners her clients to achieve their goals. Now on to the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to the 100 Master Coaches Show. This is Coach Mal, and today, oh my gosh, <laughs> I want to welcome my friend, Inga Vilinska, and she is right now in Silicon Valley, California, USA. <laughs> what a place to be. Welcome to the show, Inga. Uh, Mal, thank you for having me, inviting me, and as well, you know, this is a, a nice um, encounter after actually a few years we've known each other yeah, digitally. Because we have never met face to face. It's true. But, it's true. But I think we go back and we'll be like, what, 2017 or 2016 yeah. when we actually get in touch. That's right. So I've been uh, following you. Again, congratulations on being MCC. It's a beautiful journey. And I think that's where we're going to kick off, right? This interview. Tell us about that coaching journey. How did it all begin for you? If I'm honest, uh, it, it didn't begin with coaching. Uh, it uh, actually began with me being a manager, <laughs> a really bad one. I had my own business mm. and this business uh, was language school. It was, I think, 2005-2008. I, I started it after I came back from uh, United Kingdom when I was living for a few years. Okay. Uh, it, was, it was a good business. I had a really good business idea. Um, I thought that if I pay well my people, everything would look great. And it didn't, you know, like the, the, the teachers and translators, they were leaving me on and off, yeah? And I couldn't just get the, the right crowd. But luckily at the time, I met, uh, I would say mentor, but there was my mm. client at the same time, yeah? Uh, but yeah. he became the mentor. And he told me like, you know, business idea, it's not everything. You need to concentrate on being a good leader as well, like leading yeah. people, not only being strategic about making money, but being strategic about people. And actually he introduced me to a person who became my first coach. Wow. So around 2008, 2009, I was a client of coaching and it changed my life. So um, naturally I am extremely goal oriented, like, you know, goals <laughs> over people uh, thinking as as well, I come from the family of business owners, so business is as well something which is important for me. And everything what was in coaching and then mm. becoming a, a coach leader myself, it was so far away from my natural behavior. Oh. And I oh. managed to, you know, to, to change. Then I thought, yeah, that's a magical goal. That's interesting. And I got so interested that uh, at a certain moment, I started to doing some coach uh, uh, trainings, like a short yes. one to trainings in, the, in, in coaching. And then my husband graduated MBA executive and university graduated in, gave him yeah. a voucher for postgraduate studies in coaching. And he said, yeah, I don't want to do it, do it. <laughs> and actually I graduated officially as a coach in 2011. 
2011. But I, I had some experience before based on some shorter uh, coaching um, uh, trainings. Yeah, but mm. that's officially the beginning of my journey. And it's been like what decade now after official yeah. uh, starting it. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 the good you know pinnacle of the of this journey to become MCC in uh, 2021 as well. Definitely, you know, especially in a in a time as this, I hear from talking to a lot of our coaching buddies, our coaching peers, right? um, the times are getting tougher everywhere around the world, obviously. But coming back to you, Inga, it's just so refreshing to hear. Um, you said that you were a good manager, but then, you know, you had this uh, different areas in... Uh... No, but let's be honest. I wasn't a good manager, a good leader. I was really bad leader, but uh... I was a good business person, like sales okay. person. I'm really okay. good at sales, but managing people, it wasn't my thing, yeah? <laughs> So, yeah, and coaching helped me. <laughs> yeah, so I, I am sure there are people listening into this call, right, who is like, but I'm already coaching. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard this as well. It's like, this is coaching, isn't it? So to you, in that mind, in that mind of that manager already successful, okay, mm-hmm. let me clarify it, successful as a business uh, person, maybe not so successful in the relationship of things, um, how do you realize that? Did you did you get feedback? You know, to, to be honest, uh, there was a feedback loop because people were leaving me. <laughs> <laughs> I had the contract and I couldn't, you know, team members didn't stick long enough to, okay. to, to the team. So that was the okay. feedback loop. And then I think mentors as well, and this particular mentor, he uh, gave me this uh, important feedback yeah that it's not all about that yeah that mm. my actually i still think that my biggest strength and my biggest weakness is still that i'm so much goal oriented because whenever i'm in stress goal orientation is just taking over everything else <laughs> so when i hear people who, who tell me like you know i'm already coaching i would say hmm you know before i did this proper longer school of coaching and I did shorter courses, I thought as well that I was coaching. But I think this is ongoing process. You need to have very good foundations, to understand practice and so on. And then um, MCC is International Coach Federation certification. So when we look at these credentials, it is designed to force coaches to educate themselves, to get mentor coaching and supervision on the way. And this is a smart move because... I am MCC right now, but the journey is not finished yet. Yeah, there's still plenty of things I, I want to work and learn and deepen in my practice as a coach. Yes, yes. Let's set those goals in place. Um, love to hear what happened, right? So you, you became a coach, certified one. And then what happened through that decade? Tell us a little bit more, at least in the, in the start of that journey. You know, when I think about the beginning of this decade, I actually, uh, and that's the solopreneur mindset, our business owner mindset I have, I thought that I need to invest a lot of in marketing. And one part of the marketing is actually networking. 
Yes. So I became the part of the local ICF to the level that after a few years, I was the vice president of a chapter in Poland because I was living in Poland at the time. I yeah. was involved as well in the board, um, like on the international level. Uh, it was Europe and uh, mm. Europe, Middle East, uh, Africa, Asia board yeah. as well. So I, I participated in that. So actually I dedicated a lot of time into marketing through getting to know people. And mm. that was the moment, this first three years, which helped me realize that a lot of people who graduated from coaching courses or schools and who didn't become successful as coaches, mm. it is not usually the problem of coaching skills, but this yeah. is the problem of their business skills. Yeah. Because they they think that they will, you know, sit and the clients will knock at the door and say, yeah, hi, that's you or you are a coach. I want to work with you. Yeah. There's actually as much. I, I think that at the beginning, if I think about the three years when I think about my work as a coach, 80 percent of that was just action towards getting to know people, becoming the member of, of ICF marketing my skills, educating people through workshops, writing articles as well. I wrote a lot of articles about coaching at the time, uh, like on, on internet, but as well published in, in different magazines, business magazines. So, and then after I think four to five years, mm. this ratio switched a lot. Mm. And then mm. I decided to move to US with my family in my forties. <laughs> And the ratio again switched and I had to spend for the, it was shorter this time, yeah, because I've got all, already, I was a PCC coach. I had some international corporations as well on my side. So yeah. it took me about uh, 12 months to, to switch the ratio. But every time you change something, you start a new journey. You have to think of a business person as well. Yeah. Mm. And coaching mm. first, it is just this, like probably the small, small amount of time you spend on being the coach. Yeah, you have to do this marketing, networking, <laughs> sales thing in order to become successful. That, that's mm. that's how I look at this time. But it was a great time. I mm. met a lot of wonderful coaches in Poland, in Europe, in Asia, in United States as well. I uh, I was uh, one of the co-organizers of the ICF conference in Malmo, Sweden. It was the combined effort of Swedish. Yeah. Finnish and Polish um, ICF board. So it, it was a great time, yeah? And I still believe that one of the best assets of every coach, yeah. they are fellow coaches and, mm. you know, other people who work as coaches as well. And they, we can help each other, we can learn from each other, and sometimes we can form, like, partnerships. All of that and more, I'm sure. I'm just curious to ask you this, Inga. Now being an established coach, now... MCC, will you change anything um, or tweak anything? Or will you still be working a lot on your business? Uh, I work less or I would say I work differently. I still mm. spend a regular amount of time. If I think about business, yeah, amount of time on LinkedIn, because yeah. that's the source of marketing for me. Yeah. I still spend a decent amount of time on writing. Just to, just to establish some kind of authority. I publish in Forbes yeah. and Newsweek on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, as well, I try to, you know, if somebody invites me like you, I try to speak about coaching and, and, and you know, the kind of publicity which is necessary as well, of course. Yeah. Uh, however, 
the biggest changes is in mm. my uh, work as a coach. I think that every training I took since, you know, the beginning of the journey in any mm. specific tool I learned, any mentoring or supervision I had changed me as a coach and helped me to fully, I, I say fully with caution because I still believe that we are in this journey. Yeah. So it's mm. going to, it's not like 100%. I think yeah. it helped me understand better coaching competences and understand what mm. it means uh, during the session and what it means to hold the space for a person or to show up fully present in the coaching session. Yes. And, yeah. you know, I think that that's what changed the most because business, I, I, I think I have this. Actually, some of, of my friends uh, told me that I, you should start, you know, the school for coaches, but how to run their business because you know how to do it. You've done it in a few different <laughs> countries. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's a good idea. However, this is something I, as I said, I come from the family of, of, of business owners. Yeah, so probably yeah. I've got a little bit of this in my DNA. That's why it is easier. Uh, however, what really changed is my method. It's my... Uh, mm. tool set or skill set as a coach and this mm. is of course thanks to wonderful mentors I've had on my way yeah so uh, if I think about uh, you know the people who helped me through this time that was that, that's invaluable help yeah totally you know I've been uh, having chats with uh, coaches uh, on this particular topic right what is the balance right we have mentors and supervisors to help us in our coaching presence and working towards coaching excellence, right? And then we don't often have the same on the other side, um, business mentors or people who have uh, run enterprises for a long time to be our advisors. So that is that that split that you were saying, right? Um, even as you became an MCC and now your splits are shifting as you move along, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm just curious if someone's in the midpoint of that plane <laughs> where it's like, oh, it's, it's neither here nor there. My business is not rocking. And then on the other side, I'm, my skill sets are okay. It's, it's moving along. Um, what would you think would be a little advice for them? Uh, a few, a few things. Yeah. So let's start with, with um, the way people work as coaches. Yeah. And yeah. that's probably something I would have changed if I mm. could go back. Because I think that up to the PCC uh, accreditation, mm. I took like mentoring only before the exam. Like I needed this 10 hours and that was necessary. Yes, and I would change it, you know, I would change it immediately if I could. Yeah. So whenever you are in your journey, have a regular catch-ups with mentors. You can, you can find great mentoring groups. Yes. It doesn't have to be one-on-one -on -one mentoring, for example, if it's not affordable for you right now, but you can find yeah. groups which are much more affordable with, uh, you know, coaches on different levels as well, which is, you know, another great asset because you will meet coaches. And now with online sources, you can have such groups. I, I would invest quicker into supervision as well, because mm. it actually opens you and helps you understand what biases 
and with hidden, you know, your own agendas you bring to the session that was going on between you and your uh, and the client at the time. So yeah. investing this, just you know, just to learn, practice, find the mentors, uh, find find mentors, not one but a few. Uh, mm. Go to the supervision and just you know try to try to focus on process of becoming a better coach. This is one thing. In yeah. terms of business, uh, this is the simplest thing I, I can do. Just you need to allocate time for marketing. Marketing meaning being present on LinkedIn, maybe having your own Facebook group. If you do B2C or B2H, as people now say, yeah, like business to, uh, to, to a human being. I actually do B2B mostly. I work with organizations, not with individuals, uh, yeah. uh, like in terms of selling. Yeah, So it's slightly yeah. different. But I know that people who are successful to, uh, for selling to individuals, they have their Facebook groups. Yeah. And it takes time to be administrator of such a group. So think about it like, okay, it's like work. People go to work and they spend an hour, eight hours a day at work. Mm. So I have so. to allocate time for this marketing. And maybe I look, well, okay, if how many sessions I have per week? I have five now, yes? Mm. So the rest of the time, 35 hours, it's my marketing. Or if it's the side hustle, like the business on the side, yeah. I can allocate, I don't know, 10 hours for that a week. Yeah. So, so if I do three hours of coaching, seven hours is marketing. Yeah. I will write about coaching. I will network with other coaches and, and business people. I will go to see my clients. I will try to, you know, um, as well, become present somehow on LinkedIn or comment something. And, and whatever you're going to do, I'm, I, when I say about marketing, I don't really say about like buying leads or, you know, this kind of advertising on LinkedIn and advertising on Facebook, because to be honest with you, I don't think that in this kind of business, that advertising actually works. You know, think about the time you you want to work as a coach and a decent amount of time. As I said, at the beginning for me, it was 80% of the time I allocated for coaching work. It was marketing. Mm. Thank you, Inga. And I often say this, you can treat your coaching business, as you say, side hustle, I call it a hobby. You can treat mm-hmm. it as a hobby, and it will often give you hobby results. Or you can yeah. treat it like a real business, right? And yeah, it will give you business results. So obviously not as simple as we say it, it's like running your own shop. If you had a shop yeah. ru- selling ice cream, no one knows about your ice cream shop, even though mm-hmm. how good that ice cream is. Yeah, they got to understand your and, and have tasted your flavor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you're actually right. And I, uh, I would like to use this medium, your podcast, and say it aloud. It is doable. <laughs> You know, when I was moving in my 40s to US three years ago, <laughs> yeah. everybody told me that, no, Inga, it's just like, and to California, are you crazy? crazy. <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> so many coaches out there. It would be like, yeah. how can you start from the scratch in the foreign right. country? I'm like, yeah, let, yeah. Me, let me try. Yeah? Let me see. This is a great opportunity. If it won't work, you know, with, at least we will have family adventure. Yeah. And, and so on. And it worked. So uh, that's something which I firmly stood by. Yeah, like, yeah, being a coach is being a solopreneur. So mm. you have your business. Of course, you don't have to do everything by yourself. If you have some funds, 
which usually at the beginning people don't have. But if you have some funds, you can hire, I don't know, like a graphic design or something. But with yeah. tools we have available right now, like Canva, for example, yeah. uh, which is like easy peasy tool for everybody who is yes. not a graphic designer to create their own visual uh, uh, marketing. You can do everything. So, you yeah. know, think as a business owner, not only as like, you know, you, you, you owe your clients to things. One mm. is uh, craft your style and your, the, the art of coaching and, and, yeah. and, and your methods of work. But as well, you know, you owe them visibility. They need to find you because they need you. They don't know that they need you yet, <laughs> but they need to find you. Uh, they need to find you. I love it. You know, Inga, I want to celebrate your decade of coaching with this question. In that wonderful decade, what are a couple of insights that you want to share that can really help the coach listening in today on their journey? I'm going to say something which most of the coaches are angry with when I say it, but please don't work for free. Wow. If you want to work for any kind of charity or non-profit organization just to, you know, to be a volunteer, that's great. But a lot of beginning coaches, they say like, yeah, I, 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 I will coach for free just to get hours. I have never heard about the hairdresser who finished <laughs> any kind of certificate and said, you know, I will cut you for free. No, they go for work. Yeah. Immediately, they money, they make money on it. Oh, I would yeah. say even earlier, they 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 do apprentice uh, or internship and they make money on that. Maybe less, but they do yeah. because actually, coaching education is expensive, not only in terms of money but in terms of time. Yeah. So please value the effort and finances you put in this training, and mm. immediately charge. It doesn't have to be like you know the highest possible amount of money you can charge yeah. and as well you will learn probably on the way that your fees will be different depending on the client yeah it's yeah. like you know yeah. you will do as well you know work for volunteers and that, that's great yeah I still I still do it and I still love doing it because that, yeah. that's the way I give back to the society but this Absolutely. is a different mindset when you are a volunteer so this is the insight I would like to share like, like the foundation okay okay <laughs> oh uh, then I, I think uh, actually, and that might be useful for people who don't have this uh, business owner mindset yet, maybe the training you need to do or learning you need to do is in terms of sales. Mm. Why not buy yourself a good book about selling process or maybe go to Coursera or Udemy or whatever place you can have courses and just learn how to sell services. Yeah. Why not? This is, you know, I think selling is like a skill, a skill which can be acquired. It's not some magic or something you were born with. Yeah, yeah. you can learn it. So if you want to be 100% um, sure that, that you will make it, that after two years of trying, you will be successful, because I think mm. this is the time frame we usually take into consideration, just learn how to sell. And something which I already said, yeah. find mentors and supervisors from the day one and just have some kind of regularity. It could be once a quarter. It could be once uh, a half a year. It could be once a month. The, everything depends on what you can afford or what you, you know, it depends as well on the, the amount of work you do from the beginning. But the work with mentor and supervisor will be invaluable in making yourself a better coach. So good. So good, Inga, especially your first point. 
Do you agree with me, by the way? Yes, I do. Of course, there could be the first chemistry chat that is not chargeable because they want to get to know you as a coach, right? But yeah, I totally agree. You know, I, I remember this one time when initially I started coaching friends. I did not have any clients, so I said, hey, you know, would you want to? And, and then the friend said, yeah. After a while, I saw this person not being so committed, you know, and even shifting the appointments. And I, I started to, to ask them. I, I got brave and I asked them, what's happening, right? I thought we had an agreement here. And this person said this, that will change my life. She said, I was doing you a favor. And that to me just like was like a light bulb moment to say, oh, I thought I was doing you that favor to charge you so little and give my 100% and you were yeah. not there present and you canceled on me and all of this stuff. I'm sure you've got your little war stories as well. That's a great story. Actually, you, you know, the, thanks for sharing that, yeah? Because if you undervalue the work you do, oh, wow. people yeah. will, will feel that they do you a favor, but which is not true. Yeah. It could be partnering, yeah? They yeah. need you, you need them. It is, it, is, it is the power of coaching. It's partnering and you are thinking partner to your client and so on. It's Nobody has like you know, uh, power over anybody. Like the, this true. is the, the, the balance in the relationship. My stories are less connected with money when I think about this journey and more, <laughs> co more connected with me as being extremely goal-oriented, taking mm. responsibility to much during coaching process at the beginning, yeah? So that's why I, when I say about supervisors and mentors, I think that they would tell me quicker that I do it, yeah? Like at the beginning, I couldn't work a lot as a coach. I, I could have maybe like three sessions a day. Now I, I actually, you know, I work all day as a coach, to be honest, yeah? And I, I, I sometimes I have like six, seven sessions a day and I don't feel this, this tiredness that I feel at the time because I took over responsibility and I wanted to make sure that my clients will get there and they will have this plan. And I was like working double during this session, which, which is a very good, you know, I think like early warning system that something is not yeah. okay in this relationship. But what happened, what was wake up call for me was mm. that clients who had great successes when we worked together, when we stopped working, they collapsed. And I can give you the example of the story, which is probably the most painful for me. It happened within the first two years of, of my coaching practice. Mm -hmm. And I then I supervised it a few times because it's still, you know, I still have it in my heart. I remember working with the uh, individual contributor in marketing field. And this lady really wanted to become a leader. She wanted to be, be a manager. And we were working together for, I think, six months. And Within this time, we come up with a really good plan. Uh, and I use we on purpose, yeah, because it was, I would say, even I came up with a really good plan. Like I asked the question so she could see what is the really good plan. Yeah. And she got promoted. But then I learned that when we finished this cooperation, then she was promoted and she was successful. Yeah, it, like, it happened mm. within six, 10 months. But year after, I learned mm. that she was fired. Because oh, wow. without the support, like extra power, motivation, and my accountability and yeah. my responsibility here, and like, no, focusing on her, like, I, I was even uh, taking responsibility to this level that I asked her, call me if you've done this, yeah, or message me if you've done this. I don't do this stuff like that. 
it is not my role <laughs> to be responsible yeah. for yeah. what the clients do. It is a daily yeah. experiment. If they don't do something, it is lesson. What happened there? What is the mm-hmm. challenge? What is the obstacle? How you can plan for this challenge next time? Yeah. But then it, I think about it because I I believe that partially it was I, I don't want to use the, the name the, the word fault. Yeah, but but that was some kind of coaching failure. Yeah, you cannot take uh, responsibility, responsibility for your client. You cannot Sorry. be more engaged into this process. Yeah. It's very interesting you say that because I've been asked that question as well. It's like, how involved can you be with your client um, to the point that uh, they sometimes use you as a crutch, right? It's like, oh, yeah. without you, they will not succeed. And then I have spoken to coaches who have worked with individuals for long contracts. Year after year after year, they keep on signing the same client up. And, you know, I just wanted to know your thoughts on that as we are talking about this, because obviously there are a couple of schools of thoughts there saying on one side, saying the client needs a bit of a rest. The client needs to be more uh, accountable to themselves while they're not there with you for a bit of time. So there's this bits where I'm sure that could be a question inside the coach's head. So love to hear your thoughts on it. It would be easy if you have like this one size fit all solution for that. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> yes, range, if you work for six months, have this length of like break, like mathematical formula. But I, I don't think something like that exists. And I would say the worst answer ever, it depends. Mm. Uh, however, I like my clients being independent after the process of coaching. And sometimes usually the end of the process of coaching is, is spent on thinking like, okay, if you meet some challenges, what will be your action plan? What the things yeah. you can activate? So I even talk about it. Yeah, Like, you know, this is a time of coaching when you had this reflection um, um, period for yourself. Yeah, you had this like 30, 45, 90 minutes uh, on a regular basis for yourself. So how are you going to plan that without the coach? Mm. and so on however i have clients who i had like a longer processes some time ago and then i do something which i called like intervention like every quarter or even half a year they call me and say could we have just session because i need to vend off i need to think about something and it's 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 like pure intervention is not entering the same process it Uh, happened to me time that I was working with people like, you know, one year for a few months, and then we had a, like one year break or even longer. And again, for, for some time, because the circumstances changed. Yeah, I yeah. actually uh, very often, because one of the um, thing I, I, I feel I specialize in is helping people to, to get promoted. Yeah, you know, the story, reson- the, the story I told you about the failure resonated with me so much that I actually help. I, would, I sometimes I say that I, you know, I, I help engineers become leaders and leaders become executives. So sometimes it happens that I help individual contributor who become first-time manager. And then they come back to me, you know, decade is a long time. They come back to me after, you know, a few years and they say, okay, I'm, I'm ready now to go to, for example, senior management, which I, I got by myself. But now this is this jump from senior management to executive level. Mm. And then this is like a completely new relationship because yeah, either all might be similar, it is, it is somehow different, yeah? 
So yeah, I, I, I happen to work with the same people after some time. I happen to do these interventions on a regular basis if the client requires it, but it's not very often, like it's, it's not weekly intervention. It's not, as I said, a quarter, half a year, once a year, it depends on, mm. on the context. Uh, yes, I want to be true to myself. I want to feel that my client is equipped with everything they need to deal with some challenges in their lives, yes? And, mm. uh, and, and that's something I, I, I'm really mindful about. And this is something I usually say to my clients at the very beginning. You know, for me, successful coaching is not reaching your goals. It's going beyond as well, that, you know, whatever challenges or struggles you're going to encounter, you will have at least some resources you can start with. Mm. Beautiful. I resonate with that. And it's like flowing on the river with a client uh, on a beautiful little boat. And at times that you need to stop on the side, take mm -hmm. a bit of a rest, take some uh, selfies, <laughs> um, have some bit of uh, food, yeah? and then I go back on the river again. And this time the rapids are a little bit more choppy. And so when the rapids are choppier, well, you need those resources as you were talking about. So yeah. I totally am flowing with you with that, Inga. You know, the, the future of coaching, it's a mixed bag there. On one side, there are coaches who say, oh my gosh, there's just so many coaches out there in the market already. How can I get business? And then there are coaches who say, oh, let's invite more coaches in because we don't have enough out there. And if we focus on that super niche yeah. you'll be able to reach more variety of people so that they are exposed to, uh, to coaching. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on what that future of coaching looks like. To be honest, I don't think that market is saturated with coaches right now. Yeah, Maybe people uh, go to schools, but not everybody becomes a coach afterwards. Yes, yeah? so there are people who go mm. to school and want to be like better managers and so on. Yeah. So yeah. no, I, I'm not worried about that. Oh my God, there's so many coaches. <laughs> what I'm worried about that sometimes in certain countries, it is not actually in US, but in Poland, from time to time, there was some you know, particularly bad PR about coaching, that it's like, usually when it was mixed with motivational speakers, yeah, that this is like a scam and taking money for anything and so on and so yeah. on. So that's what I'm worried about. And I think that the future of coaching would be moving towards uh, more, I would say, professionalism of this industry mm -hmm. on every level. So th that's why um, I, I want to get involved into supervision as well and become supervisor mm -hmm. myself. Yeah. Because I think that, that that's like with psychotherapy. Yes, in, in good psychotherapy, you've got supervisors. So in good coaching, you need to have supervisors as well. And I know the benefits on super coaching supervision on, on myself. So yeah. I, can, I can actually assess for that. So professionalism of this coaching industry is one thing. And if I could do something to help make it happen, like, like all over the world, that there would be no question, what does the coach do? Oh my God, that's something weird. What, what do you just ask questions? Hmm. No, so I, I hope that in the future, there will be no question whatsoever. That mm. people like, you know, coaching would stand for like everybody. Like, but now when you say psychotherapist, nobody's going to think like, hmm, what they do? Oh my yeah. God, that's some, some, some yeah. weird stuff. Yeah. No, so that's what I wish for. I believe 
strongly believe that the future of coaching is digital. So, mm -hmm. and I think that pandemia and lockdowns we experience made this shift very quickly. And uh, not over the phone so much, but actually using tools like we are using right now, like Teams or Zoom or WebEx yeah. or whatever you, you yeah. can use, or, you know, there are special platforms which hire coaches and they have their own video conferencing tools. So the future of coaching is like that. And as well, uh, um, when I think about it, I, I think about like uh, that coaching will have a lot of different specialization. Mm. And what sometimes people comment like, oh my God, what is this? Like some like soul coaching or what is this? Like this, co I don't judge. I think that if there is a decent training and philosophy and methodology yeah. behind something and people actually get trained and learn and work towards and they do it because they care about their clients and they do it because this message they have, it just relates to them or vibrates with them. It's great. I'm a business coach and I feel good in this, the, in this field. Yeah. However, I never, I never despise colleagues who work in the field, which is more, I would say, spiritual or elusive or something I don't fully understand, as long as it is connected with a good learning and good training. And I think that there will be more specializations like this, yeah, or like different kinds of coaching, like, mm. you know, coaching couples or uh, like, you know, uh, coaching of the third phase of a career, like coaching yeah. for retired. I, I can imagine the spe specializations and I'm actually looking forward to it. I think that, that that would be great. Yeah, that of course we will work towards the same models probably and we work the same psychology behind it. However, you know, they would get these flavors and elements, yeah, and, and the sense of variety as well. Now, so, so these two things, yeah, making this, prof this, this job professional, really, like an industry with all the, you know, advantages and disadvantages which come with that, yeah, because probably it will become more, uh, if something is professionalized, it will require you buying even more memberships or certificates and so on and so on, or there will be more obligations behind it. And I, I personally think it's okay, because you, you have to make the difference between people who are not uh, certified or not learned or not taught well how to how to be, be coaches from, from yeah. those who invest time and money in their education and the specialization and everything will be digital right now. Yeah. Mm, mm. That's, that's how I see the future. I know that Marshall Goldsmith actually tries to create the app with his avatar that the coaching would, would be done by uh, artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence will develop in the field of coaching Definitely. Still, with the people who would like to talk to coaches, you know, and and to have this this human to human contact, even though it might not be as good as artificial intelligence sometimes, yeah. Because I think that if you um, code this well, they can, you know, artificial intelligence can ask brilliant questions and make this like snap interventions and so on, yeah. Even better from coaches. I don't know. I just working with engineers. I think everything is possible. Wow, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a brave new world out there and a lot of things that we can do in partnership with all of these uh, intelligences, right? And yeah. I like what you said about the, um, the super niches and, and we talked about it, the flavor, you know, what you focus on. I'm curious how you found your flavor. 
To be honest, at the beginning of my coaching uh, career, I thought that I would work with women entrepreneurs. That's what I thought, because I was a female solopreneur and business owner and so on. I thought, yeah, that would be natural transition. Yeah, and funny happens. I actually got a lot of clients from like engineers and male, to be honest, mm. not female engineers, but mm. mostly male engineers. And I started to work with some big organizations all over the world, uh, located in Europe, mostly with head offices somewhere in Europe. Yeah. And then some of this transition just came and I noticed like, oh my God, I, I actually marketed myself as the leader, as the coach for female leaders and female uh, <laughs> business owners and so on. But when I looked honestly at my client list, there was like 90% of guys, uh, 100% engineers at the time. Now it's slightly mm. different because I move as well to FinTech, yeah? And yeah. through pandemic, I started to work with medical field, which was eye-opening experience for me. And I actually, I love this, this, this part of working with wow. doctors, with directors of the medical um, uh, um, enterprises and, yeah. and, and, service and so on. Wow. It's a completely new world, but very, very interesting as well for me. Uh, and, and then I had to do this transition, like I said, okay, yeah, hmm. probably I'm not the coach for, for women entrepreneurs so much, but I am the coach for, and then the, the topic which showed up is engineer who wanted to be promoted. And somehow I got this speciality and the first, first I think, few years, it was mostly individual contributor to first leadership position. Uh, I even wrote two books about that, yeah, for in Poland uh, from my uh, business partner, Zofia Kupczyńska. Uh, and then it was mm. so close to my heart. But then these people started, you know, looking for the promotion to executive level or like 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 VP level, yeah, or CISO level, depending because you know, tech world is is there are a lot of start uh, startups, there are smaller enterprises as well, and so on. And this transition just came naturally that I I, I noticed that yeah, I help engineers to become leaders and leaders to become executives. And when I started to, to talk about leaders becoming executives, a lot of different clients came as well to me. So I would say that this is the soft spot. This is something I feel the most confident mm. working with. But clients come from different fields and with different areas. And even if they think, yeah, I, I want to work with you because I want to like prepare for promotion, we still talk about self-confidence, we talk about managing up communication, we, we talk about the executive presence, but it's so much about yeah. imposters from really. And, you know, and actually in States, uh, the, the completely new era started for me, not only with this, like working with medical field, but as well that I really started to work with diverse pool of leaders. Mm. So I had privilege, for example, to have uh, leaders uh, from like Latin America to, to become first executive in the organization. Or I, I work with the like Asian community and black community as well. So I think mm. that, you know, being here in States for this last three years helped me so much as well to understand different layers of this, this kind of, you know, becoming promoted and as well connected with diversity and inclusion, which is a huge topic when you think yeah. about the job, senior management to executive management, that I love it. I can learn a lot of things still. And I, I, I still feel that, oh my God, there's so many things I, I can learn from my clients and so many things I can learn as a, as a person, as well as a coach. It's uh, a privileged position that we all have, don't you think? 
we come in, um, obviously we add value and then we learn and we grow and we even get more confident in serving our clients in a better way, in a, in a more agile way, even in, in today's terms. Yeah. I often seen you as that, Inga. It's how uh, the outside world sees us and how we see ourselves. And I think that's the thing. And I would like to yeah. say that I see you as a powerhouse coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But you know, uh, um, now when we have this conversation, this is probably the insight I would give uh, mm. anybody or starting coach. Yeah. Like, yeah. of course have plans like you i want to work with this group but after some time just be honest with yourself and and have this audit of your clients and look at the the, the what pool of clients what pool of interest do you really attract yeah are these people you, you you thought you would work with great like market even further but maybe this is something uh, something different yeah i still you know i still do a lot of work with women i as a volunteer i uh, am volunteer with uh, coaching fellowship when i have a pleasure to work with uh, female leaders from non-profit organizations from all over the world which is yeah. actually i i think a wonderful experience yeah for yeah. me and i have a pleasure to meet such a such a great women because you know uh, some time ago i learned that if we want to be truly happy we need to uh, work at least 100 hours a year as a volunteer. And that's something I strive to, yes? I do one hour uh, as, a, as a coach for Girls on the Run and one hour a week as a volunteer coach as well, sometimes more, wow. but this two hours is a minimum. I, I, try to, I, I try to be mindful about that as well, yeah? Just because I believe that, you know, this giving back makes me happy as well. It's a little bit selfish, but you know, it's a good selfish, I would say. Definitely is. And self-care is a good selfish too. You know, I also follow you on Facebook and I see you with 4KM, 5KM. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where does Inga get the time to do that? And I remember those days, uh, earlier days, you were telling me you get up really early. Is there that special time, that special balance, you know, that, that self-care and all that, that you put yourself through? And that's what makes you that holistic, successful coach. Huh? If you asked me 10 years ago, my answer would be like, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, there were times when I was smoking cigarettes. I was really heavy smoker. And then, you know, everything changed when my daughter was born. And my daughter is 12 right now. And I think that this, this, this mindset of, like you, you have to love yourself and how can you love yourself? Yeah, by, by doing something good. But as well, I noticed that when I skip this time or even walk, it doesn't have to be run, but it could be yeah. walk or, yeah. you know, a short session at home with some kind of, I don't know, I, I like high, uh, high intensity interval training right now, which is like 30 minutes, but you're whole sweaty and I, I love it. Your, adrena your adrenaline, but as well dopamine level and serotonin level, it that just goes up. Yeah. And then we're just ready for the day. So, of course, I know that not everybody is the, you know, uh, a morning person. I am a morning person. I didn't have to fight for that. It was like natural for me somehow. Uh, but, you know, I pay price for that. If my family want to watch movies late at night, I'm usually sleeping on the couch. <laughs> my husband is really, you know, disappointed with me because he prefers evening. I prefer mornings. But still, um, uh, still, you know, I don't think that 
like this kind of sport I do is for everybody. But just, you know, if you want to be a good coach, I think that you need to show like love and mindfulness to yourself in any way. It could be yoga for you. It's not yoga for me, but it could be yoga for you. It could be Tai Chi or it could be, you know, just walks. It could be swimming or it could be meditation daily. But whatever comes to your mind, which you can show love to your body and to your your soul and to your mind, just do it. You say that you see it on Facebook, that I use Facebook as my own motivator because Facebook got this idea of reminding you, like yeah. what you've done a year ago. And, yeah. and I love it. Yeah, I, I don't like the concept of Facebook so much, but this is the element because, you know, who would like, I know I don't even know how to set it on my calendar that it will remind me something from the year ago. I wake up, I see this like, oh my God, a year ago I was running or a year ago yeah, I, was, I was doing something else, which was great, yeah. or hiking or I did yeah. some exercises and it gives me such a motivation. Yeah, this, this like, yeah, I'm consistent. There is yeah. a process yeah, somehow. Yeah. And when I hear you say that, it makes me think of the wonderful coach that helps the coachee and reminds the coachee, affirms the coachee of their milestones and the celebration of the milestones, right? I think Facebook acts that way for us sometimes to kind of show us, oh, we've traveled the world. Oh, we have uh, done this for ourselves, right? And yeah, I think a very good coach, Mm. you know, like yourself, will do that. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, likewise, now I, I believe I had the pleasure to, to, to work with you in one project. And I remember how much you shared your, your energy and your mindset and, and your, you know, I, I don't even say it like, like, this is like a spark. You shared the spark with the groups we were working with. Yeah. You, uh, and I think that you, not even through coaching, but for everything that you do, you, you share this with the world. Yeah. So as you said, this is a privilege, but that's as well some kind of duty we have. This is the mm. way we serve the world. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, um, one of my final questions is this, and I'm sure you know it. We ask powerful questions to our clients and ourselves. Mm-hmm. What would be your question that you want to leave behind for the audience in general? Mm. A lot of clients come to coaching process with like goals or which are more about that they are not there yet Mm. or that they are not good enough somehow, that they have to work hard. And this element of of acknowledging and celebration is very important for me. As I told you, I do voluntary work because I want to be happy. I do it for myself. I know that it's serving the world, but I do it for myself. And I love asking these questions to my clients, whatever, like usually at the end of the the session, like, you know, what was this one thing you could do today? Small, teeny, tiny thing, which can bring you joy. Wow. Because, you know, we we live in a world which sometimes, even social media we discussed, um, they they put us in in this constant pressure of not being good enough or not happy or, oh my God, they have better car or better house or they have wonderful journey or they they have this great family in the picture and I don't have it, for example. Yes, so no, this mindset of what could be this one thing which can make Mm. you happy, which bring you joy today. If you have this answer, just go and do it. It It could be a great cup of coffee. It could be early sleep. It could be a wonderful book. 
could be phone call to your best friend or mom or your kid. Yeah, whatever you want to do, just do it. That would be my powerful question. And for me, Inga, if I were to answer that, is to get on a call with my good friend, Inga, and have this conversation. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That, that's the start of my day and I'm already complete for my day. <laughs> really, so, thank you. So it's a good beginning. It's a good beginning, yeah. I believe that you're going to have a lot of powerful and engaging conversations today. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show, Inga. Um, this is the time where I invite you to share with us some of your media handles, uh, how the audience can get in contact with you. You know, if you look for me as a coach, I would invite you to go to LinkedIn. Yeah, just just put Inga Beniska. Uh, it's uh, San Francisco Bay Area, and that's me. And please reach out. If, just just maybe write that you listened to to, to Mel's uh, podcast, uh, and then I will know how we know each other. Yeah, because there are a lot of people who are as well trying yes. to tell you something on LinkedIn, which I never do. Yeah, so this is the place when you can find me the most. If you want to see less, I say less uh, professional side of me, this is Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, this is usually mm. the, the the person I am. I I write a lot about books because I'm a like a crazy reader, I read like, uh, like a lot. Yeah, I'm honest with you. I, I read about ten books a month. Yeah, so this is this is a lot. I know yeah. about that. I share books. I share board games, which I love playing with my family and friends. <laughs> I share journeys. So it depends what you're looking for. If you yeah. look for professional uh, suggestions, articles, pieces of advice, observations on uh, leadership, coaching, and and general development, this is LinkedIn. If you look for more private site this is facebook and instagram yeah beautiful any last thoughts that you have as we close this session i feel you know i feel nourished after this conversation uh, somehow so thank you this is my last thought yeah and (laughs) I, you know, when when you uh, when you were talking to me, I thought like, oh my God, it's a high time to 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 make this kind of interview with Mel and to ask him all of this question. So you have to think about if you have like one hundred edition or one hundred episodes, uh-huh. maybe this is a good idea to ask some coaches to ask you questions. Oh, you know, what's the journey? <laughs> how did you get it? What insights? Yeah, how you can share it because you are master certified coach. With a lot of experience and i can uh, as well say from my experience that you changed lives of people and i saw it with my own eyes thank you oh you're so Bye. kind you're so kind uh, thank you again inga it's been a pleasure it just seems like you and me are just having a conversation with ourselves right <laughs> <laughs> and we sincerely wish you all the best Thank you. And really, I'm really grateful for this opportunity to talk to you and to talk to your uh, followers. Thank you. This has been the 100 Master Coaches show with Inga and Mel signing off till the next time. Bye-bye. Take care. You have been watching the 100 Master Coaches series with your host, Coach Mel, MCC. Brought to you by Catalyst Coach. www.catalystcoach.live
We will be right back with our next Master Coach on the 100 Master Coaches series.